It's Christmas Eve, and all across the country, and in many places around the world, there's a feeling in the air that can only come on Christmas Eve. Of excitement, anticipation, tiny tots with their eyes all aglow, and grown adults remembering what that felt like. And maybe even feeling it themselves, even if it's just a little bit, and only for a little while. The world somehow feels like it's both bustling and coming to rest. Kitchen windows are steaming up as food prep happens and batches of cookies come out of the oven. Families are laughing and reminiscing and playing games. And yet, the streets are a bit quieter, everyone's in a bit of a calmer, friendlier mood. We're enjoying the company of loved ones and thinking of those we can't be with. We're creating new memories and adding a new chapter to the story of our Christmases and ourselves. In some houses, this is the main event, the largest gathering of extended family and friends and neighbors. Maybe some gifts are exchanged and opened. For many, tomorrow is more intimate. Either way, there's a feeling that all the joy and magic of the season is building up to its grand finale, and that it's with us just a few moments longer, today and tomorrow. No matter how you celebrate, or where you celebrate, or who you call family, I hope that you're feeling the Christmas spirit right about now. And I, as well as several members of the Christmas Past family, are here to deliver just a little bit more. So pop a candy cane into that mug of cocoa, or sprinkle that eggnog with some nutmeg. Or pour a little something extra into it, it is Christmas Eve after all, and let's get Christmassy together. You know, every Christmas Eve when I was growing up, I'd usually hear on TV or radio at some point of a Rudolph sighting, or a Santa sleigh traveling across the night sky. But I would never hear about a pair of dancing Christmas trees on the city streets creating a glamorous, glittering glow of Christmas spirit. No, for that, I would have to move to the San Francisco Bay Area, where for the past several Christmas seasons, the mysterious duo known only as the Tree Twins have been creating a one-of-a-kind sensation around the city and all over Instagram. You may have seen them on Good Morning America, or if you're local on Cron 4 News. Their appearances at various San Francisco landmarks throughout the season are pure joy and uniquely Bay Area. Very little is known about the Tree Twins, only that they're sent here by Santa for the Christmas season, and that wherever they go, the Christmas cheer goes right through the roof. Here now to recount some of their most magical moments are the Tree Twins themselves. Hi, I'm Jingle. And I'm Tingle. And we are the Tree Twins! Santa sends us to San Francisco every year to spread holiday cheer and sing and dance in the streets and just get everyone into the holiday spirit. We've had a lot of magical experiences in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Hey Tingle, do you remember when we got a marble? Oh, I remember. There was a lady in Noe Valley who saw us out walking one of the first years that Santa sent us here and she gave us a big blue marble. Um, she gave one to each of us, yes. actually. I still have it. And she told us that it was a special marble that was used to acknowledge people who were doing creative things or magical things for the city. And we thought that was really special. I recently found out, though, that a lot of people got that marble. I think she gives them to everybody. Are there that many good deeds? I hope so. Remember the time we were walking down the street and a car came screeching to a halt? Oh, yes, I remember. It was so dark. And a woman pulled up and she jumped out of her car. And we couldn't see her, but we could hear 
hear her laughing and she was telling us to dance and she was like saying Merry Christmas. She was taking a lot of pictures. I remember. And we, we it was so dark. But she ended up being our friend Marcia, who runs a blog called Table Hopper. And she's still one of our friends to this day. We love that kind of surprise. Mm-hmm. And remember that time we were on Fillmore Street? Oh, yes. We were walking and just waving to people and a car pulled up and out jumped two people. One was dressed like Santa Claus, and another was dressed like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was wonderful. It was so much fun. And it turned out that they had been following us on Instagram, and they were driving through the city looking for us, dressed as Santa and Rudolph. They surprised us when they jumped out of their car, but it quickly turned into a dance party. I love what people must have thought to drive by and see two Christmas trees, Santa Claus, and a reindeer dancing on the sidewalk for no apparent reason in the middle of December. That was one of our favorite nights out. The best. Oh, and and just this year, we just had our first unofficial San Francisco holiday parade with our friend Kiri, the Japanese fire truck. Kiri is a working mini Japanese fire truck who is at Teeny Tiny Fire Truck on Instagram. So we were able to ride on top of Kiri and Kiri drove us all over San Francisco, uh, blasting Christmas music. And we got to wave, Mm -hmm. and we got to spread cheer, and we got to sing and dance. And we had a big box of Christmas cookies and brownies to hand out to people who were watching. You know, now that I think about it, what happened to that box? I, I don't know. Hmm. Well, it sounds like we better start baking some fresh Christmas cookies. We're just so busy at Christmas, it's really hard for us to focus and think about anything but Santa and candy canes and, and cookies. Christmas cookies. Oh, yeah. And, and eggnog. pies and treats oh, and yes. cakes. Oh, yes. And presents. Presents. Oh, it's almost Christmas Eve. What are we doing talking to him? Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Well, how's that for starters for this little family gathering of ours? Be sure to follow the Tree Twins at Tree Twins on Instagram, and there's also a link in the show notes. They appear until Christmas Eve, and then they disappear just as mysteriously as they arrived. Well, sticking with the Bay Area for a bit, here in wonderful Willow Glen, our library has recently started returning to indoor service and even some indoor events and activities. I visited with Baby Dashiell just the other day to take out some Christmassy books for him and myself. And maybe next season, we'll get to experience something like Michael in Michigan did. Hello, Christmas past. Here's my Christmas memory. My wife and I have two boys, a six and eight year old. Ever since they were one or so, we would take them to our local public library where they had gingerbread houses for families to make. We would have so much fun sitting together and making them. Ours never turned out to be a masterpiece, but that wasn't the point. We just had fun. Our family has moved and we no longer have a public library that gives away gingerbread houses, but that is okay because in life you have to adapt and create new memories all the time. We now have recently been drawing holiday pictures from YouTube tutorials since the kids are older, and that has been tons of fun. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. Shout out to libraries and librarians. Where would we be without them? Now, Michael mentioned being resilient. And hey, after this last little chapter in most of our lives, that's something that rings true for all of us. Just ask Richie in New York. Let me start by saying that 2021 was a very problematic year for me. I feel like Christmas of 2020 was one of the worst in recent memory due to the pandemic. And that aura and energy carried on for me into the new year. There were many times in 2021 that I felt identical to George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. Things were just not working out and new obstacles kept presenting. But by staying resilient and with the support of my girlfriend, 
my sisters, and my family, I made it through a difficult time. My point here, Brian, is to spread this message to your listeners who are going through a tough time this Christmas. Stay resilient. Never give up. Anything is possible. Christmas is a time for family, a time for hope, and a time for good spirits. I plan to enjoy this Christmas a little bit more this year and want to thank you for a great season of Christmas past. Merry Christmas, Brian. Well, you know who's definitely resilient? Santa Claus. Year after year, he does his thing and shows no signs of slowing down. Maybe at some point you stop to wonder just how tricky it must be for him to land a flying sleigh right on a rooftop. Paul in Virginia Beach sure did, and when he was a kid, he came up with a way to make things a little easier for Santa on the big night. It was probably about 1986 or 1987 when, being an Air Force brat, my father was stationed out in the middle of the Mojave Desert, and our house was on the end of base housing this one long block, and we had this huge side yard. It was a perfect landing strip for Santa and his reindeer. And I always thought that, and I always just assumed that he would land there, Rudolph guiding him in, would take care of the whole neighborhood, hop back in his sleigh, and go on to his next stop. My father, being of a military family, had a brother stationed in Germany, and he sent us this little red cellophane packet during the Christmas season of straw. It was marked reindeer feed, and it came with instructions, and there was glitter mixed in with the straw. And of course, you were supposed to sprinkle it out for Santa and his reindeer. So I run out there with my dad, and he helps me sprinkle it all around, and we get it all set up, and I'm excited because I love animals. Christmas Eve night passes, it's Christmas morning. I ran outside to see if those reindeer ate that reindeer feed. And you know what? They did. So I'm convinced that Santa and his reindeer were there. Yes, Santa and his reindeer certainly work in their own magically mysterious ways. Sometimes Santa even has to get creative in how he leaves gifts for children, like John in Ohio remembers from one Christmas many years ago. When I was a kid, we didn't grow up with a whole lot of money, uh, so... My mom oftentimes had to work on Christmas, and she didn't get to see the the one year that uh, Santa left all the presents uh, hidden somewhere. Uh, We got a note in the uh, morning when we woke up that Santa was running late and that he had to hide the presents instead, instead of wrapping them. So me and my siblings uh, got together to figure out where Santa had hidden these gifts. Now, they were all in the same spot. It was really fun to find that Santa had left the gifts in a somewhat whimsical way. The only sad part was my mom wasn't there to see us uh, find them, knowing that uh, her kids would get uh, gifts at least once a year was uh, touching to her. Sometimes Santa isn't able to rap, and sometimes Santa needs a little nudge, the kind that only a feisty southern grandma can deliver. This next memory is just for us grown-ups, and it comes from Rebecca in Georgia. I'm going to try to tell the story of a Christmas long, long ago in the North Georgia mountains. And I'm going to tell the story of Christmas 1981 at my grandma's house. The tradition in my little family was to spend Christmas Eve night at my grandma's house, my mama and daddy and I. That's what we call our parents in the South, mama and daddy. And my grandma lived in a house that had been in her family since the 1850s. So about 130 years at that point, um, her family, three 
generations. We were the four. I'm the fifth generation of the family to live on the property. And uh, the tradition was Santa came there. Uh, my dad and my grand, my uncle would put the whatever toys were together. They would hide. The house is kind of a shotgun house, and it's kind of succeeding rooms. There's no hallways. There's a front bedroom, a middle bedroom, a den, living room, and kitchen. Santa came to the living room. My aunt and uncle lived, slept in their front bedroom. My parents would sleep in the middle bedroom, and my grandma and I would sleep on a sofa bed in the den. So we settled in that night, and I already had my doubts. I was 10, and certain things had happened that were starting to, you know, make me doubt. But I was a smart kid, and I had been told that as long as you believe, Santa would come to see you. So I wasn't letting on that I had my doubts. And uh, we settled in, went to sleep fitfully, but I was still pretty excited. And sometime in the middle of the night, my grandma woke up, and it woke me up. She got up. And uh, she had went and checked the living room, and Santa had not been there. This is what I found out later. So she took the clock, and she thought I didn't see her, and she flipped it over. It was at that time about four in the morning, and she turned it over. It was an old-fashioned, you know, clock with hands. She turned it over, and I said, is it time? Is Santa come? And she said, no, look, it's only a little bit after 12. You need to go back to sleep, Rebecca. So I pretended to go back to sleep, and in a little while, my little my little sweet little southern grandma, who was about five foot tall, opened the next door that was to the bedroom where my parents were asleep, and in a hoarse whisper kind of yell, I heard her saying, Buddy, Willie Grace, wake up. Y'all have slept through Santa. Get up from there. And then I heard scrambling, and I heard my dad say a couple of couple of bad words. And uh, the next thing you know, Santa made it to the living room. I did doze back off. I got up, and I saw what Santa brought. It wasn't very long, though, till I spilled the beans, because the whole story was just so sweet and so funny and such a good memory of my grandma trying to extend um, the long reign of Santa Claus in that little house. All the generations that had had Santa had in our family uh, kind of came to an end that year. So 40 years ago was my last Santa Claus Christmas. And I was the youngest of all the grandchildren. And my mother was the youngest of six. So from there on out, Christmas Eve changed and it turned into movies and good food. And finally, um, Grandma passed away and my daddy and my uncle so now it's my mother and my aunt and I, and we do our best to carry on and enjoy the season and remember the meaning of the season, and then remember all these sweet memories that we have with our loved ones that have gone on. Merry Christmas from Ballground, Georgia, and Happy New Year. You know, ever since I moved out to California from Massachusetts, Christmas doesn't quite feel the same. I love that I see palm trees during Christmas and that it's almost always warm and sunny enough for a walk during the season but it is a big departure from my familiar New England Christmases. But what happens when Christmas isn't even really Christmas? I know that sounds confusing, so let's ask Melissa from Rhode Island to explain. So this memory wasn't originally designed to be a Christmas memory, but it's what it has definitely become. When I was around 12 years old, my family got involved with a religious group that did not celebrate Christmas. 
So the grown-ups in the family decided we were going to skip Christmas that year. But in order to cushion the blow a little bit for 12-year-old me, all decided to get together on December 24th as a family and make a night of it. So this is back in the days of renting videos from the video store. So we rented planes, trains, and automobiles, and we made a bunch of food. And we all just sat around, watched this movie, and laughed so hard, and ate, and just hung out. And I think what was so special about that Christmas memory is there was nothing really distracting all of us from just being together. We didn't have anything else to worry about. We were just there to watch the movie and eat and hang out. And it was just such a nice time. Uh, it's one of the best memories I have with my family. And I definitely consider it a Christmas memory. We have begun celebrating since that year. Uh, but other Christmases were great, but they don't quite come close to that night. It was, there was something very special about that night. You see, the thing about Christmas is that there are just so many ways that it can be special and memorable. Every Christmas you celebrate will be unlike any of the others you've celebrated in some way, large or small. And those differences present opportunities to create the moments and memories that add meaning and that will last even after you're gone. That's something that's been on the mind of Jan in Florida this season. Hi, Brian. I just wanted to chime in with what I guess you could call a future Christmas memory of my own. I know that sounds weird, but oh well. I met my husband in 1998 in California. He's got a great family who accepted me as their son-in-law without reserve back before gay marriage became legal. They've lived close by and we began the now 23-year-old history of spending Christmas time with his parents at their house or our house and even some years all of us together at my parents' house. We even lived in the same town as them for a while, making spending the holidays together easier. We've missed only two Christmases since we met. Well, a few days after this Thanksgiving, we got a call at 3.30 a.m. It was his family. They wanted us to know that Mike's mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We got Mike on a plane, flown across the country, and on the ground at their house within 12 hours where he proceeded to help his parents through the situation. Before this news, we'd not planned on going back for Christmas this year again either and had planned on staying here in Florida. But his mom had asked me to come back and celebrate what we all knew would be her last Christmas on Earth. Of course, I booked a flight and we'll be leaving on the 23rd of December. Meanwhile, I proceeded to give my husband list after list of items we needed to do before Christmas Day. He needed to get the tree out of the attic and put it up, put all the yard decorations that we assembled dutifully for the last 21 years ensure all the Hallmark plush snowmen, snowwomen, snow Santas, and reindeer had batteries and were placed on every surface of the house in the living room, singing and playing their songs all the time, put up all the outdoor lights, go to the grocery store for ingredients for mom's favorite Christmas foods and desserts, and finally make sure mom got a two-pound box of C's candies just before I arrived. You see, all these things are what make Christmas to us. All these things are what remind us of the last 20-something years together as a family. And while most people tell you Christmas stories from their past, which is truly delightful and even sometimes melancholy, I hoped I would shed a small light on why the traditions we have are so special in the real world these days. The world where someone you love 
tells you they won't see another Christmas after this one. The one where you want the last Christmas you spend with your mother to be etched in your memory just exactly how you know she would want to be seen by you. Thanks for letting me say all this. I haven't told her yet how much we'll miss her. She knows that. I intend to be the son-in-law this Christmas that she's known for 23 years and that she wants me to be. That son would make this about her, not him. Next year, it can be about me. Thanks again for everything you do. To Jan and his mother-in-law and his whole family, I want to let you know that I'm thinking of you on this Christmas Eve, and I, along with the entire Christmas Past family, are sending our best wishes for a very special Christmas filled with love. Speaking of love, tonight will be my second Christmas Eve with baby Dashiell. He's still a little too squirmy for me to think that I could sit him on my lap and read him Twas the Night Before Christmas, but I'll find a way to share the story with him tonight, and that's how we'll cap off our Christmas Eve together. I hope, however you cap things off, that you do it in the warm glow of the Christmas spirit, filled with happiness and goodwill and anticipation of the special day tomorrow. Thank you to the Tree Twins, Paul, John, Rebecca, Melissa, Michael, Richie, and Jan for sharing their Christmas memories and Christmas spirit with the rest of us. I'll be back again tomorrow for our sixth annual Christmas Year in Review, and I hope you'll be back too. Until then, hang your stocking by the chimney with care and settle down for a long winter's nap. May your days be merry and bright.